Welcome to Curtain Jerks here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Mark Borzeka. And I'm Scott Narver. And here on Curtain Jerks, well, well, first of all, we are comedians who live in Hollywood and also lifelong pro wrestling fans, but we, you know, we, we talk about the news here, but kind of the news that's interesting to us, the wrestling news that's interesting to us. But this is a landmark podcast in the history of Curtain Jerks, because never before, never in before. the history of Curtain Jerks, in the history have, before, have only two men attempted to host this show. Well, one man and one really large boy. Which is which? I'm the large boy. Let's admit it. Yep, yep. You can tell by my voice I'm a brute man. <laughs> we, You know, I was thinking about how Vince... It's always been like a... Well, let me say this. I've watched way <laughs> too much. I've watched way too much Vince McMahon-produced professional wrestling programming over the years. But I was thinking about how he always uh, tries to hype things up by calling it the first time in the history of whatever, you know, like... Yeah, we could have done this tons of times and nobody would know. Right. This is the first time... We could rewrite our own history. In the history of curtain jerks. In this very sweaty room. You know, like, he'll call, like... They'll have all the announcers say, like, The Undertaker is the biggest phenom in the history of the WWE. And it's like, what the fuck? What does that even mean? <laughs> the best pound-for-pound pound striker uh, the Rock what? The, the Rock was the, uh, was the most electrifying wrestler in the history of the WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you even dispute that? You can't. You'd be like, I was, no, actually, I was much more electrified by... Um, I don't know who. The uh, Shockmaster. <laughs> uh, Honky Tonk Man, greatest intercontinental champion of all yeah. time. I, I think he was electrifying. He See, was the greatest Elvis impersonator in the history of the WWE. He truly was. He was the Better than Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. We actually have a WWF magazine sitting here next to us, which we're going we're gonna to delve into in a little bit. But From July of 1989. Hulk Hogan as champion on the cover. But uh, it says on here, the nation's number one selling wrestling magazine. It says in the corner of the magazine. Well, what's great is before the show, you were so excited. You go, hey, all these guys on the magazine are still alive. <laughs> I looked and I, I glanced at, I glanced at everyone featured on the front of the magazine. And I went, hey, Scott, all these guys are still alive. And then looking at it closer, we discover. You discover, you go, oh, no, that guy's dead. There was one at first. Uh, who was it? Who was it on there? It was first Andre. Andre first the Andre the Giant. You pointed that out. Then we realized Big John Studd is also dead. Mm-hmm. Then we realized Sherry is dead. Right. <laughs> then we realized Randy Savage is dead. Right. Then uh, we realized it, it mentions the Twin Towers, and mm-hmm. of course, the Big Boss Man is dead. Right. And then we realized Rick Rude is dead. So six guys <laughs> are dead, ten are alive. Yeah. Ten, th- here are the alive people uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Brutus- As of this recording, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brutus Beefcake. The Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts, which, by the way, miracle that this guy is alive. Absolutely amazing. How the I'm hell? I'm impressed. I mean, not that I, look, I hope he lives a long life, but how he is alive with all the shit he has done to himself and some of these other guys. Have, anyways, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, still alive. Mm-hmm. Still alive. Demolition, both members still alive. Both. Axe and Smash. Axe and Smash. Not crushed, though. But he wasn't there then. That's right. You're right. One of yeah. the demolition guys gone. And the out of the Twin Towers, uh, Akeem the African Dream, also <laughs> known as the One Man Gang, still alive. Yes. So there's our death life count, which is always <laughs> a cheery way to start a podcast. Yeah, we, we used to do them all the time. And then uh, we got all this feedback of, please don't start the show that way. <laughs> 
we thought this would be such a hilarious and entertaining segment. Yeah. Just just talk about who's dead and who's alive on the cover of old magazines. But it turns out people don't think it's that funny. Well, you know what? I think when we looked at the magazine, we're filled with nostalgia and we thought, wow, all of our guy, favorite guys, they're all still alive and so healthy and so young. Yeah. Hogan still had the uh, normal amount of hair that he did. Right. <laughs> right. He didn't have his fake uh, extensions, his no. hair extensions yet. All right, let's talk about some of what's been going on in the news, including CM Punk showed up at Comic-Con this week and confronted Triple H. And you know what? I, I might have been slow on the uptake, but when I saw that uh, that posted on YouTube, because a million people recorded it and posted it, and WWE did too. But when I saw it on posted on YouTube, I went, oh my God, I finally get what they're doing here with this Punk thing. This is the first major social media angle that they're running. That's what I think they're doing. They're running a social media angle, and this is the first big one, where I think they're not going to acknowledge very much that's going on with punk on TV, but it's something you've got to follow on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, and and that's where the angle's going to unfold. As fun as that video is to watch, you calling it a social media angle sucks <laughs> all of the fun right out of it. Have I spent too much time with corporate Hollywood executives? I think you have. <laughs> it's a social media angle, guys. You're fucking sellout, Mark. <laughs> well, I know that's been well that's been well established. But the angle was pretty cool. I thought it was fun. It was very cool for people that go to Comic Con that were there to watch what a conference about. The action figures? Yeah, I know. What was it even? I don't know. I don't know. That had to be boring as sin. And then you you, you nerds lucked out that CM Punk showed up to that thing. I don't want to listen to Triple H talk about anything for f- two minutes, let alone sit to like a long lecture from Triple H. Yeah, and him cry about, you know, oh, yep, I had to relieve my dad of his duties. <laughs> well, we got some really great Roddy Piper figures coming out. <laughs> he was still crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pop. Oh, I love you, Pop. We're going to make a Vince champion figure? Oh, whoa. My phone just Technical rang. Technical blunder. Who called? Who? My text? phone just rang. It's my friend Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. She oh, just shout out. in the middle of the podcast. Is she a subscriber? And I forgot to shut my ringer off, and I actually have a Stone Cold Steve Austin ringtone. <laughs> I don't know if oh, yeah, we can't. In the, yeah, the copyright. We'd have to pay for that, wouldn't we? Is Anne-Marie subscribing? Oh, no. She doesn't listen to this. Then I don't acknowledge you, Anne-Marie. You are dead to me. <laughs> you should be on the cover of this magazine. I read uh, a big chunk of Brock Lesnar's book. I was pretty selective about it. I oh, read... you paid for it. I... Um, I... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Was that Undertaker? What yeah, yeah. That? That... When I get a voicemail, it's Undertaker's theme song. That just went off now. All right, I'm shutting my ringer off. You are so corporate and so Hollywood, Mark. <laughs> not even acknowledging that we're doing a show. <laughs> the um, so I uh, no I I didn't even pay for Brock's book. I'm sorry to say I read a big portion of it, like maybe a hundred pages at Barnes and Noble. He has diverticulitis. This is why. By the way, I'm the reason why these borders just went out of business. You just lounge in there, you read it, and then you throw the book on the ground and stomp on it and yeah. say print is dead, spin on it, and leave. That's exactly what I do. That's why I've not I've been banned from sixty two border stores all over the country. <laughs> Instead, they just close them. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, and then finally they just went fuck it. Let's just liquidate this company. <laughs> but uh, so now I'm working my way through the Barnes and Nobles. So uh, at Barnes and Noble the other day, I read a big chunk of Brock's book, and I focused mainly on just I read the the wrestling related parts. But I w- I want to recommend it to our listeners because I thought it was pretty good. First of all, to recommend going into a Barnes and Noble, yeah. not paying for it, right, and not signing up for the rewards program. Yeah, definitely not. Don't Never. do that. Don't do that. And steal a dirty mag. Yep. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend all those things. And stop in the middle and, and check and see what new Star Trek books are come, have come out. That's important, too. It's an important step in Keep my, you updated in my on your process. Twitter? Yeah. yeah. At Mark Horzeka? On my social media, please. Oh, on my social media. This is but, not fun. Um, Brock was... Um, first of all, the book is written at like a second grade reading level. So that... <laughs> You can get through this book very quickly, which is why I was able to read 100 pages just in the store. Like, what is it? Like, Brock went fight good. <laughs> it's, Brock it's not, lifted heavy things. Brock made happy. It's honest to God, not much more advanced than that. I mean, you can sit. Yeah, you can sit and read this whole book in like two hours. It's it's very very simple to read. Small words, <laughs> nothing real complicated. Um, Brock meet Ball Jew from New York. New York Jew make Brock happy. So different, friend. Hey, he's a simple guy. He's a he's a simple guy. You know? Yeah. He's just focused on one thing. You're not calling him stupid. No, You're no, just no, saying he's simple. No, I'm really not. I think that he is. Uh, oh man, I'm really stepped in it now. <laughs> this is usually what Steve does on the show. <laughs> oh, we should acknowledge that neither Steve or Brett are here. Oh yeah, yeah, they're not here. Usually Steve and Brett are here. They're like Anne Marie. They're both dead to me. Yeah. They should be on the cover of this magazine. Who cares? We don't need them. We have Meredith, our sound engineer, who who might even join in parts of the show today. Mm-hmm. Meredith, will will you join in parts of the show today? Absolutely. All right, cool. I'm going to talk about John Cena. Eventually, we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, here's what's interesting about his book. The okay. wrestling parts, at least. I can't speak for the other parts because I didn't read them. You didn't tear them out of the book, did you? No, no. I did look at the pictures. There's lots of glossy pictures in the middle. Ooh. Yeah, you can see Brock Lesnar as a baby. Brock. Unless <laughs> well, it tore his mother up. Yeah. He's a big fella. Oh, man. Maybe it was a C-section. <laughs> um, but, oh, okay, so he... Okay. Um, well, here's what's interesting about it. Is he's, here you have a guy who's main event, right? Top guy, yeah. championship level, who quit the promotion and left and doesn't ever plan on go- going back, so doesn't give a fuck what he says about it. So I, I think since since Bret Hart uh, left the business mm-hmm. and kind of got out and talked about his experience, I think Bret and Brock are really the only two guys where you really get an honest point of view from somebody who played at that top level of the game and interacted with Vince McMahon on what was going on. And he is real straightforward about what his life was like there. Well, to be fair, I don't think either of us have read Goldust's book. <laughs> what makes you think I have not read Goldust's book? <laughs> don't... Don't I look like the kind of guy who'd run out and get Gold Dust book as soon as it was released? Uh, yeah, I believe that's the only book you would buy. You will never forget the name. Gold Dust. Acknowledgements. Cody Rhodes. And my father, Dusty Rhodes. That's how you have to read the whole book. In your, in your mind, you have to read it in the Gold Dust voice. Yeah. It takes forever. Like, it takes a long time. You have to be like... In 1962. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, so he, lets loose. he fucking lets loose, man. But the main thing that he talks about is he goes, he talks a lot about, he's like, I was drinking two or a bottle or two of Vicodin, of uh, Vicodin, drinking a bottle or two of vodka every day and popping okay. mouthfuls of Vicodin and I don't even remember the majority of the time I was there. It's like people talk to me about matches I had. I don't remember them at all. The whole second year of my being there, I barely remember anything. And he's like, all the guys are doing it. It's not just me. It's everybody. 
it's a it's a it's he talks about some interactions he had with Vince and how he felt manipulated. It's clear too. I want to say though, in WWE's defense, it's clear that Brock was pretty green to the business and does not understand how it all works. Like at one point, he's really really furious because they ask him to do a job. He's the champion, okay, and the and he's got a match against The Rock in Miami, Rock's hometown, and they right. want. It's a non-title match, and they want Rock to go over. And he blows up about it. He thinks it's the stupidest <laughs> thing ever. And it's like, all right, dude, you, some of this you just don't understand how this business works. Yeah. You know, like, he... And, and uh, so, yeah. So he's definitely a little green. But it's an entertaining book. It's a good read if you want to want to hear about his experiences. Hmm. And he's real blunt and real honest. Real blunt, real honest, yeah. real simple. Real... No, he's a... I mean, I'm just saying he's uh, unsophisticated. No, I mean... Is uh, it a stone tablet that he just carve into it? (laughs) This my book. (laughs) Read it. And then Paul Heyman took that tablet and just expanded it to 200 pages. Paul Heyman basically What this? (laughs) It's your book, Brock. Just go. All right, John Cena. We are going to talk about John Cena, Meredith. You better get in on this. I'm ready. No, there's a funny picture. We put it up on our Facebook, which is curtainjerks.com slash... Wait a minute. No. (laughs) Oh, look at oh. social media angle guy over here. <laughs> oh, man. It's the other way around. It's facebook.com slash curtain jerks. Yeah, we're blowing up. We got a hundred uh, and a couple of people. Join us on uh, like, go on and like our page. And thanks for all of you who already have. But we put this picture up of a guy who was in the front row at Money in the Bank. Looks exactly like John Cena, dressed exactly like John Cena, and held up a sign that said, Cena, meet Cena. Meat, M-E-A-T? No, M-E-T. He wants to make a sandwich. Uh, uh, Cena's meat sandwich. Maybe he was some kind of replica John Cena made out of meat. <laughs> Maybe he's, that's what he was saying. Oh, that's Vince saying he can make him out of a factory. Yeah. He can just right. churn him out. Yeah. It's not hard. <laughs> uh, no, clearly not, especially in the last five years or so, huh? <laughs> uh, so, Meredith, if you don't... Look, I don't want to... I don't want to upset you, but if you, for some reason, Put that fork down, don't get to uh, don't get to meet the actual John Cena. I am going to marry to him. SummerSlam. But if for some I'm reason ready. you don't, I've done my research. There's another. There's a John Cena replica out there. I don't take the second string. No, it's the real thing or nothing at all. Okay, all right, I respect that. Wow, that's Meredith's take on cloning right there. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> strong stance. Show just got really political. <laughs> really did. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? This Cena meets Cena guy reminded me that of an urban legend that was going around when I was a kid in growing up in suburban Detroit in the late 80s Ooh, about, a f- about a fake Jake Roberts. A fake Jake. A fake Jake. <laughs> this was the urban legend. And I have tried to track this down. I've Googled this. I've asked a million people about it. I've put it on message board. You asked board. a million people? <laughs> Almost a million. Okay. <laughs> and uh, no no one else has ever heard about this, but this was going around heavily for a couple years where I was growing up in the late 80s. Okay. okay. I, I, for one, also have never heard of Fake Jake. All so right. So I'm excited. So um, this was a story. It's it, it's actually not that great of a story, so I've built it up way too That's much great. already now. <laughs> now you've made it terrible. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. So this, this, uh, listeners, uh, find a middle ground. The story was everybody knew someone who was at this wedding. Right, so it'd always okay. be like, so my uncle was at this wedding, or my cousin's friend was at this wedding, or my buddy's friend was at this wedding, and this woman thought that who she was marrying was Jake the Snake Roberts. He, this guy, looked just like him. He told her that he was Jake Roberts. 
He uh, dated her for a couple years. He would go away on weekends and tell her that he was going to wrestle <laughs> matches. I'm just telling you what people would say. He would go to wrestle matches, and they got all the way to the wedding. They had the ceremony, and at the reception, somebody said, you're not really Jake Roberts, and he had to admit that he wasn't really Jake Roberts and the whole thing. That was probably Fake. Macho Man. Huh? That was probably Macho Man. Why do you say that? Because uh, Jake the Snake ruined Macho Man's wedding. That's true. It gets his revenge. Yeah. And then he threw a snake on Jake and he mm-hmm. let that snake chew up his arm. That's right. How about that? Was this girl a hillbilly? Did she, I mean, did she not? Well, if she thought she was marrying Jake Roberts, that's <laughs> well, I mean, probably the case. How stupid do you have to be, though? It's like. Oh, you're saying Brock Lesnar's stupid? Is that how, is that how stupid Simple. one has to be? Simple, Scott. Simple. Right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume she wasn't too bright. Well, because he would, I mean, just a couple logistical questions. He would have to be gone for every single time that person was on TV. Right. Right. Or and, just and, be really good at lying about it. Or she was a I filmed that wife. weeks ago. Yeah. But that's like having somebody, a Brad Pitt lookalike, and him never taking his me, wife to a premiere. Right. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't Jake she the snake. go It's to, not really like Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, why wouldn't she ever go to a wrestling match? Why, I mean. I don't know the answers to these questions. Mm. These are all good questions, and I don't know. Because it was never take your wife to work day. But I assume, you know, all urban legends have, they start with some impetus of truth. Like, you know, some Jamaican uh, cleaning lady did stuck a toothbrush in her butt, right? What? You guys don't know the Jamaican cleaning lady urban legend? No. No, what happened in Detroit when you were what? growing up? Was this urban legend didn't come from a porn. By the way, no, no. here's your Brad Pitt. This is, um, Meredith is now looking at a picture of Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, I've just found my new John Cena. Uh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe if I saw a, a picture, maybe even of the 90s, but that 80s picture with the curly mullet. Mm-hmm. So I am begging the listeners, if you know anything about this if you also a Jamaican heard... woman putting a toothbrush up her butt <laughs> no google it that's like the most famous if I google it I'll, I'll find not... something like that but it won't be an urban legend <laughs> not to be gross but aren't urban legends scary what happened did something bad happen with the toothbrush inside oh no I don't think it... they have to be scary is this how necessarily although a lot of made? them are like Candyman or whatever right? well I mean it's a even... movie Mark <laughs> based on an urban legend not even those I mean what about the urban legend this is really gross but the people with crawfish the what Put a crawfish, a female or a guy, I guess, puts I a crawfish up a, themselves and then lights the head on fire. Okay. And it flutters really fast, and it's supposed to be the quickest, best orgasm ever. Oh my god, you've heard of that? I've I'm not never just heard a of it. Pe- yes, huh? You know, I'm really tired of watching these movies, these wrestling <laughs> movies from Louisiana. Let's go to Louisiana, huh? And get some crawfish, huh? Who's on board? There's a Popeyes right near us. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Um, so anyways, listeners, please, if you've ever heard this story or know anything about it, go to our Facebook, which is, um, friendster.com. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wait, did Jake the Snake one? Yeah, oh. I want to know if anyone else has ever heard about this. I mean, I, it was going around for year, years. I heard this from tons and tons of people. How old are you? Junior high school. Yeah. You're not in junior high school now. What? <laughs> I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> oh, man, you are a large boy. A Ric Flair has started his own website called Ric Flair Collectibles. I'm just going to tell you a few items that are being sold on there. Okay, have my he's, wallet ready. He's selling items, and then we're going to decide whether this is cool or whether the whole thing's just really sad. <laughs> is he selling a ride to Space Mountain? Because I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> Woo! Autograph photographs. 
You get a Ric Flair autographed photo. They go. They are priced from twenty four ninety nine to forty five ninety nine. Are they his old family photos with previous ex wives <laughs> that he just autographs and sends them off? An autographed die cast limousine for seventy four ninety nine. Like a model limousine. Yeah, yeah, like a okay. model limousine. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Die cast. An autographed voided. Wait a minute. <laughs> Baby oil. This is going to sound... I'm going to have to explain this after I say Covered it. in baby oil. Autographed... Crushes lipstick. Autographed voided North Carolina and South Carolina lottery tickets. Twenty nine That is garbage. But that's because so yeah, he's he the spokesman the... for the, the, the lottery there. Yeah, but he's just walking around and picking up used lottery tickets from the garbage and autographing them and selling them for 30 bucks. Uh, the way I see it, you can turn a losing lottery ticket into a winning lottery ticket with Ric Flair collectibles. <laughs> oh, you mean like it's easy to go get a wife by showing some nice young lady that autographed ticket and saying, hey, I'm available. <laughs> Here's the last one. I think we might actually have to buy this one okay. for the show. Oh, all right. A five-minute phone call with Ric Flair. What? Wait, try to guess the price. Uh, See, Meredith has already made her judgment. Ninety nine, ninety nine. That this is sad. It's, Five minute phone call with Ric Flair. If it's really, really expensive, then that's one thing. If it's really low priced, it's going to be really sad. If it's anything lower than a hundred, I, I just ninety nine, ninety nine. That's much? what I say. What do you say, Meredith? I say just for peace of mind, it has to be more than a hundred, or I just I'll I don't know. Four hundred ninety five dollars. Okay. Let's do it. For- <laughs> Seems perfectly reasonable. I That'll be should, an interview. We should start a fund. $500 interview. We should start a fund and just put a little donate box on our yeah. website and say, people pitch in. Kickstarter. When, when we reach $495, we will buy this phone call with Ric Flair and put it on the show. Yeah. Isn't that a great idea? I'll throw it we'll buy we'll- just to see what that conversation <laughs> would consist of. Can you imagine what anybody would talk about? We can I- talk about whatever we want for five minutes. Yeah. I think we should. I think our goal should be to ask Ric Flair questions that no one has ever asked him before. Like we don't ask him about his wrestling career. Have you <laughs> ever ask... put a toothbrush up a Jamaican butts woman? Stuff like that. Butts woman. Butts have, woman. Have you ever heard? <laughs> That's how they say it there. I'm being an idiot. Have you ever heard <laughs> I'm the so urban Brock legend? Lesnar stupid. Has he heard the urban legend of the Jake Roberts wedding? That's what I want to know Jake. from Ric Flair. The fake Jake. Uh, what about this TMZ story? Andre the Giant checked my oil. Says Hulk Hogan. Oh, you haven't. So he heard... worked on cars. <laughs> no. I, I haven't heard the story, so I assume I it's about cars. This was in TMZ the other day. Uh, the questionable slow checking... news day. Clearly. <laughs> He's dead though. Uh, Andre. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it even creepier. <laughs> so uh, talking about a story, breaking news on TMZ that happened possibly forever ago, and it, who gives a shit? Yeah, they're talking about breaking news on TMZ about something that happened 25 years ago. Yeah. The questionable checking the oil wrestling move is not a myth. So says Hulk Hogan, who tells TMZ he was once on the wrong end of the violating technique from the seven four, seven foot four Andre the Giant. Three exclamation points. <laughs> Hulk's <laughs> Hulk's story black backs up the claim made by TMZ's Mike Walters that wrestlers will press a finger on the bottom end of an opponent in an effort to throw them off their game, aka checking the oil. According to Hulk, who was at LAX yesterday, Andre would oil check people all the time. And the worst part about it, his fingers were huge. <laughs> That's the worst thing about it. And I said his uh, fingers were huge like that because TMZ wrote the words, his fingers were huge in all caps with three exclamation points after. It's journalism right there. <laughs> I've never heard about that happening in pro wrestling, although I'm sure it does. But I think it does happen a lot in amateur wrestling. 
Oh, to get uh, to, to throw, throw somebody your, off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To legitimately throw a person off the game, their game. I do it when I play chess. Yeah, I do it when I'm at Seven <laughs> Eleven. To customers, right? Yeah. Not to the no, cashiers. people I'm in line with. Oh, uh, yeah. Sometimes the line's long. It's boring. What is it? Nachos? Check the oil. <laughs> Let's take a look at this WWF magazine. Ooh, and that's right. I said WWF. You haven't totally brainwashed me yet, Vince McMahon. <laughs> Not yet. Real close. I almost said WWE. Now let's this check the oil on this thing. WWF magazine. Open it up and check the oil, Scott. All right, we're checking the oil. What do we let's got see what we have. Classic. Because it's a it's a consumer magazine. Let's consume something, huh? Yep. I'm gonna sip on my black cherry citrus fresca you as got you're it. flipping through. Oh, okay. Here we go. We can order the official no holds no holds barred T-shirt and poster. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, what size T-shirt do you want, Mark? Uh, well, now X large. Oh, okay, that'll be twelve ninety five. Oh, great! That's a hell of a deal. And then, do you also need a poster? Well, I I don't need one, but I, I certainly want one. Okay, well, <laughs> what's great is that that's four ninety five, and <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because if you want to get those two things together, uh, the minimum credit card order is twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. So a T-shirt for twelve ninety-five and a poster for four ninety-five. Not twenty dollars. I gotta come up with something else, or yeah. I gotta pay cash. Or you can also buy a small, uh, no holds barred T-shirt mm-hmm. so, uh, for your kid. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. You get a couple of them. What, what do you think would happen if we actually responded to that ad right now? You better get a goddamn T-shirt and poster. <laughs> so get some money. I think there's a quiz in this magazine there is that a we quiz. were talking we can, about taking, right? Sorry, I was, I was looking for an ad for Rascal's Candy. Yeah, oh yeah, it's distracting Rascal's was great. Okay. Actually, I've never heard of it. WWF Trivia. Yeah. There are many sections in here. There is the new and old faces category, okay. which you will, you're going to uh, do this trivia, Mark. Okay, okay, you ready? Yeah. And listeners, please play along at home. Please play along. No cheating. If you have this magazine, don't look. The Brooklyn Brawler was yeah. recently pictured in WWF Magazine wearing the t-shirt of what Major League team nicknamed the Bronx Bombers? Pat Patterson. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, the New York Yankees. That is correct. One for three. Mm-hmm. Which newcomer to the WWF has a move called the Stomp? The Stomp? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think this is 89? Yeah, Earthquake. Incorrect. Ronnie Garvin. Oh, the Garvin Stomp. Yeah. Of course. He would. Randy Orton does that move now. Uh, or he was doing it for a little while. Yes. But Ronnie Garvin would knock a guy out, and then Ronnie Garvin would just slowly move around the guy's body. Very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where the guy should get up and go, what are you doing? <laughs> and he would just kick the guy in various... He would stomp him in various parts of his body. Mm-hmm. And then attempt to pin him. Ronnie Garvin was actually NWA champion, by the way, for about a month. In the late 80s. And then uh, somebody woke up and went, God, what was that? That was a boring-ass match. Yeah. Uh, Okay. How many years did Big John Studd spend away from the WWF before his recent return? Uh, Well, oh, God. So that's when Studd had just come back. Remember, he came back and won the Royal Rumble that year. That was the first pay-per-view Royal Rumble. Okay. And uh, he was probably away for... Mark, good. He's doing it like who who wants to be a millionaire type. Like, he's thinking out his answers for the sake of the show. He was away for three years, I bet. Two. Oh, so wow. close! Felt like longer. I really missed him. <laughs> All right, pick a pick one of the categories in there. All right, uh, Beauty and the Beasts is the is a category. I got this because I'm such a beaut. 
play along. Mer- Meredith, you can jump in if you think you know the answer. I did anything. know the Yankees one actually. Well, yeah. I, didn't, oh. I didn't know if this was uh, exclusively you. I didn't want to cheat or help uh, you. Well, we'll play Beauty and the Beast because I'm Beauty okay. and your Beast. <laughs> All right. Elizabeth appeared alone on the cover of April's WWF magazine. Of course she did. Did she also appear by herself on the cover during the previous 12 months? No. So was she on the cover for an entire year? Is that what it's asking? <laughs> I guess it's saying any time in that time. Oh. Uh, I mean, was she with other people or was it just her? Oh, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Again, please listen. She wasn't slutty. Please don't listen that. this time, everyone. God. Elizabeth appeared alone on the cover of April's WWF magazine. True. Did she? That's not the question, Scott. <laughs> Did she also appear by herself on the cover during the previous 12 months? Question mark. I say no. False. Yes, she did. Okay. True. Uh, well, it's not true or false. False. Yes, yes, she did in May of 1988. False. No, question zero. number two. We're competing, right? This yeah, this is okay. competition. Right. Hacksaw Jim Duggan also goes by what other nickname? Uh, this is kind of a trick question. Last Call Duggan. <laughs> uh, tough Guy is what they're saying. The That's answer. what he says. Yeah, he says Tough Guy. <laughs> they go, hey, Tough Guy. I'm talking about myself. My friend uh, Steve uh, Maisner, who was like my wrestling buddy growing up, we were at the airport and Hacksaw Jim Duggan was there. And uh, we were You're like, just hanging out at the airport? <laughs> Maybe. Talking about urban legends. <laughs> that seemed weird. Yes. And uh True. When we, were, when we were kids and uh and we were like, Oh my god, we gotta get a picture with Hacks on Jim Duggan. So we ran up and we were like, Can we get a picture? And you know how you always used to do that thumbs up with that crazy yes. face. And um, Did he so have his two by four? He did not. So we posed with him and my dad's about to take the picture and right before Oh, and your dad was there. This well, is really weird. <laughs> and right before the we were about to take the picture, Hacksaw goes, "Thumbs up, boys!" And we all stuck our thumbs up in the air. All Did he three check of us. your oil? You know he, he Scott. <laughs> According to a recent, why would you have to ruin my charming story? <laughs> According to a recent article in WWF magazine, only two athletes in WWF exceed Big John Stud in bulk. Name the two in bulk. So I think you have to picture the wrestlers in those bins at the bulk food store and imagine who'd have more bulk. Oh, I think I know what they're talking about. In bulk. Virgil and the natural butch read. No, I, I, that's not what they're talking about. I think it is. That's not. That's, <laughs> I think it is. Not two, what they the mean. two black guys, it's not natural butch read and Virgil, were way bulkier than it's Big John Studd. No, it's not. Big John Studd has nothing to do with his height and weight. I'm telling you, that's not, you are off the mark. Or am I on the mark? Uh, you met Virgil, by the way. Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> you checked my oil. Akeem <laughs> and Andre. Mm. Akeem and Andre. Let's do one more section. Can I hand this back to you? Okay. All right. Ooh, here we go. WWF stuff. True or false? The first two issues of WWF Wrestling Spotlight focused on the mega powers. True or false? True. True. How many different WWF ice cream bars are there? See, this is timely. Look this at is, this. This is yep, July this is 1989, the and we're Four. waiting for these ice cream bars. I think there were six. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> wow. And now really? there are zero. And now there are none. And good humor says... 
fuck you. We're not going to bring them back. <laughs> what do you want, ice cream? What is it, hot outside? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of people demanding us, we bring back an ice cream bar because they really want to buy it? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Which tag team was pictured playing the VCR WrestleMania game in a recent issue of WWF Magazine? The VCR WrestleMania game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, read the question again. Okay. Which tag team was yes. pictured playing the VCR WrestleMania game in a recent issue of WWF Magazine? Well, I, the Rockers, I'm going to guess. Oh, all right. Because the Rockers were, like, cool and young, and VCRs were, like, hip at that time. <laughs> so I think the Rockers were playing the game. Okay. Didn't Hulk Hogan have one of those, but was it a punching thing? I remember as a kid. Or maybe it was a dog. He was in a, he oh. was in a punching tag team, yeah. Hulk Hogan had everything. Well, I say Hulk Hogan, but I don't know what his partner is. Yeah. You want to just say Jake the Snake? His partner okay. would have been Macho Man. I think your I think your answer is the Mega Powers. Okay. Okay, Mega Powers. Well, it was Demolition. Demolition. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna buy that game if those jerks play it. Wait, where'd they go, guys? Then I don't know. Those those, those I love bad those guys. guys. There's an interview with here in here with Hogan about No Holds Barred. There's a ton of stuff about No Holds Barred. Yeah, they were pushing it big at that exclusive time, huh? photographs, and even yeah, on the back. The whole back cover of the magazine says Hulk Hogan explodes onto the screen as Rip in No Holds Barred. Don't miss the official magazine of his movie on sale now. They were selling a No Holds Barred <laughs> magazine. See the Hulkster in non-stop action as he battles the mighty Zeus. Well, hey, I, I saw the movie, and I don't think you could call it non-stop action. <laughs> it stopped a lot. And then it says, no ring, no ref, no rules, no comedy, no enjoyment. <laughs> Did you think the Holtz Bard was cool when it came out when you were a kid? That was a, I think that was my first experience. And watching something as a kid that had so much hype, and then watching it going, I didn't like it. No, I did. Yeah, right, yes, right. Yes, I loved it. You want to like it because they programmed you to like it. Yes. But like deep down, you were like, this might have sucked. But you don't want to. This might have been terrible. I remember renting it at uh, the video store also, and then we got an um, uh, an inflatable punching bag uh-huh. of the movie poster on the front of it. When you feel that way, there's only one thing to do, and that's check your own oil. Cheers <laughs> you up. <laughs> I never like to check my own oil. I get a professional to do it. All right, we got to go. But we have we, – we're going to do some more review shows coming up. Mm-hmm. We might actually review some good things. We've been reviewing things that suck. We might it's review been making some, us miserable. Yeah, we can't do it anymore. It's awful. So we're going to review some things that, that – great old wrestling shows, great old wrestling movies, great old wrestling anything – um, so if you got any suggestions for things you want us to review, go to our social media site, oh. facebook.com slash curtain jerks and, and check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash curtain jerks. And of course, all our episodes are up on comedypodcastnetwork.com. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, rate and review. For Curtain Jerks, I'm Mark Warzeka. I am Scott Narver. Oh, I'm Meredith Spidey. Yeah. You yeah. Meredith. And Steve's an idiot. <laughs> Join us next time. Bye-bye. For more funny stuff for your eyes and ears, go to ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.